We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heapy Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas, and with me today, we have Frankie G, 2K coach. What's up, Frankie? I, I need the pre-gaming host. Pre Host of pre-gaming. Um, I want you guys in chat, by the way. Shout out to Twitch chat. Shout out to our podcast listeners, our YouTube audience, everyone that makes this possible. Um, please let me know how my audio is. I've gotten some complaints on Twitter that my sound specifically is a little low and everyone else is really high. So please let me know if that's the case so I can fix it on stream. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying my, my bestest out here to make sure that, uh, that I am not too hot, but I'm not, you know, too, too low. So let me know. I just turned up the volume a bit. Uh, Chat saying you sound good. You know, that's what we care about. Uh, Tyler Hero triple double yesterday. Chat is correct. A lot to get into. Uh, a lot to get into today. Uh, the first thing we have to talk about. There's a very special shout out that uh, that I think has to be given. You know, to this heat season, and 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 we had a really good messenger give it. Shout out to Kyle Lowry. Shout out to Kyle Lowry. <laughs> Number seven from West Philadelphia. <laughs> North. My bad. My bad. My bad. North Philly. North Philly. Man messed up. Didn't even know. He said West Philly wanted to do the Fresh Prince. Uh, you know, is what North Philly? Get it right. Uh, but we gotta cancel him. We got to cancel Tyler. Cancel Tyler. Absolutely right. Just want to give a, a quick shout out to what Kyle's doing. You know, obviously, I'm the, I'm the Kyle Lowry guy. I feel like <laughs> I've held back on my love for him because I don't want to be biased to the point that Alf, host of Hangover Time, which, by the way, Hangover Time's on Wednesday against the Celtics. That's not a game you're going to miss. Jason Tatum's back. Jimmy looks like he's going to be back. So a lot, yeah, that's going to be a really exciting game. So you want to be uh, make sure that you're in for Hangover Time. And if you're local in Miami, I'm going to the Five Reasons Watch Party. So uh, hanging out with Ethan and, and Alex and Brady and all those guys. So... Come on out to wherever that watch party is, but I'm I'm gonna be <laughs> I'm gonna be there. Christian's gonna be there too, so we're gonna have a good time. But wherever that watch party it's is, it's like in, it's like by Winwood in some distillery. I don't know. 
God knows it's Miami Art Week. Who knows what's going on out there? <laughs> uh, Tropical Distillery in Miami. Whoever is on the Heat Beat account, that might be Brian. Um, but yeah, so you know, just shout out to Kyle. Just just shout out to General to Kyle. We love it. Uh, I think he deserves the love and and kind of the minute load and everything. Frankie, he's been amazing. Not, I mean. I know the shooting has been low, but just, yeah, he's been amazing. I mean, what he's provided for them, the minute load and, and everything has been amazing. It's the second straight season of him being the uh, most consistently uh, available of the four main pl- players uh, of the BAM, uh, Tyler and, and Jimmy. And obviously, um, you know, they didn't pull out the same win loss record as last season. But uh, once BAM got to get, got back, it was a lot more competitive and they lost heartbreakers it, though frankie like they yeah they lost close games they lost heartbreakers, it, yeah it wasn't like last season where you had guys where it was just those guys missing you were missing max for games you're missing duncan for games you know pretty much everybody but caleb missed the game at some point and they they had to string together bodies and and the butchers of biscayne had to get their hands off their corpses to so just so, so they can be readily available uh but kyle you know a competitor and he brings the most out of his teammates uh and this um discussion of him whether he should come off the bench or not i think that's been easily that's the rest that's put to rest and this is not like this is not to say bad things about gabe or Dragic because i love both those guys i was super wrong about gabe vincent you know even going back to last season and Dragic, i i think i said he is my favorite heat point guard ever i want I don't know if his jersey should be retired, but, you know, I, I would love to see them honor him in some way. I love that guy. He's one of my favorite Heat players. But to suggest that, like, what is what oh, what does Lowry do better than Dragic and Gabe at this point? I think it's a little insulting to Kyle. I think you see, you know, when he's put in a position where he needs to make a lot of decisions and be responsible for basically everything on the floor, you kind of saw how that went. And he kept the team with a lot of two-way guys and a lot of guys who I don't I think clearly aren't super NBA ready, um, you know, in games against teams that had good records. I mean, say what you want about Washington. Washington had a winning record. They might still have a winning record, but you know, I mean, obviously they lost twice in Miami. Uh, you know, the Cleveland game, whatever. You know, you you get blown out by a good team with all your players. That that's on the road. That's gonna happen. Uh, but you know, they were in those games. Minnesota, you know, a tough team that is, you know. Uh, you know, maybe not, maybe go They're 500. They're going through it, but you know, you're missing all your guys on the road and they went up, you know, with bam and, and max back in the lineup and, and Tyler, and they went into Atlanta on the road and they beat another team. That's, you know, has a really good record, has a top 10 defense, by the way. Uh, and Miami shredded their defense. Atlanta's actually not doing it with offense this year, which is pretty funny. They're doing it with defense. Uh, yeah, but just like a quick shout out to Kyle. Uh, cause you know, we're going to get to more like the team elements right now today on this podcast, but just wanted to give some love to my guy who I think a lot of people kind of shat on. You gotta, you gotta play that, uh, Ethan sound for him. Oh, I, I gotta, I gotta, I'm, I'm working on something for you, Ethan Skolnick. I'm working on something <laughs> for you. Don't worry. Uh, Frankie today, we're talking about defense, man. Miami, the guy they're, they're top 10 in defense. They're, they're number eight net rating, uh, eight, eight defensive rating. Uh, dunks and threes has them ninth and adjusted D rating. That's adjusting for their offensive, the offenses that they face. So I think the numbers match on both sides. So it's not like a fluke thing of, Oh, well they've played a bunch of bad teams. Like their, mm-hmm. their adjusted numbers are, are good. They've played a lot of zone. They have their shot profile is what you think. They allow the third fewest attempts at the rim 
and they allow the most threes in the league. Uh, <laughs> they allow a very high percentage uh, at the rim. They, they're they the fourth. They, they allow 66% shooting at the rim. They're fourth highest in the league. And uh, for the three-point shooting, it's it's equally as high. It's, it's not as high as it's 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 about tenth. Um, so do with that what you will. Those are the shots that Spo likes to give up. Frankie, we're about a quarter in. You know, we're we're twenty-one games in. What do you make of the defense? Um, I I can't even say we need we can make a full assessment yet because they haven't been healthy. Um, but we also don't know if they'll ever be fully healthy. Uh, you know, I think Spo really earns his money uh on the defensive end we you know as great of a coach he is it's the defensive side that we oh we need to always talk about and remember that's where he it's his bread and butter and this season is another impeccable job defensively um you know with the bodies available with the talent available the, the lack of size and experience uh on a lot of nights you know having to call up two-way guys and then having to play together substantial minutes uh having haywood highsmith drew smith jamal kane like guys like that orlando robinson like these are the guys who are who have gotten in this lineup and had to play 20 minutes a night sometimes and they're doing a good a damn good job like you said top 10 defense that's all you can ask for right now um we've seen a lot of different ways we've seen the switching the drop we've seen two three zone one three one three two um press you know he uh, there's no coach i mean it's him and nick nurse that are the most experimental on the defensive end and i know you love that they're wacky uh, they're just they're, huh? they're zany they're wacky they they just do what what needs to get done on that end uh which is funny because how both t- some of their fans uh of the fan base feel about their offense uh, the the irony um on the defensive end, though, he's you know he he does what needs to be done. I, I like that we're seeing more Bam and drop this season um, than he's played in the previous season. I think that's going to be uh, crucial with the lack of size and that's in the projected starting lineup when it's at, whenever it's going to be healthy. Uh, but I I think they've done for the for the patchwork of this uh, season have, as it's been to be in the top ten a quarter of the way in. It's it's definitely a, a positive. So the rebounding is obviously going to be a, a headliner for them. They're 13th in defensive rebounding, which is, you know, pretty okay. Is that a percentage? Yes, the re- okay. defensive rebounding percentage. Uh, total rebound percentage, they're 23rd. And I believe in offensive rebounding, they're either dead last or close to dead last. They're 20th. So obviously yeah. the offensive rebounding hurting them. But the stuff on defense, the defensive rebounding, has been either it's been solid and I think it's been serviceable and I think if you're mm-hmm. as small as they are, if you're holding it down on the defensive boards to about thirteenth, I think that's a win. Yeah, I agree. And they've, um, you know, the, the big difference this season has been their four spot, obviously with Caleb uh, being, you know, PJ d- did guard a lot of point guards, but he was able to switch onto a, a big and and be interchangeable with bam and that in and help. And he's, he was strong and, and physical on the board. So that helped them. Uh, Caleb is more of a jumper than a boxer outer, uh, <laughs> but he's, he does a great job rebounding for his position. Tyler's an upgrade on the rebounding uh, from, uh, as opposed to max and Duncan last season, but th- Tyler does like to steal his uh, teammates rebounds sometimes. Uh, but no, he's, he's a great rebounder his position. So 
you know, it's to be expected that they they could compete when when they're healthy and available. So also, you know, kind of looking at their health and everything, Frankie, they're the, Jimmy, Bam and Kyle have played about 250 minutes, which is not a lot, but it's more than I thought. And defensively, they're about at a 111 defensive rating, which is not I don't really think that's where you want to be if you're them. Now that that puts you right around the top 10. I think your your big 3 have to be a little bit more dominant cuz last year, I mean those guys they were they had a sub 100 defensive rating. So mm. you've taken a bit of a hit and I think part of that's no PJ, you know, uh I, I like what Zach Lowe said on the Nikaias podcast. Uh, the, dun- dunk, the, the, the dunker, dunker spot, spot, not the Nikaias the podcast. Nikaias, the Nikaias and Steve Jones podcast. I'm just proud of my man, dude. I'm just proud of my friend. Uh he, he was talking about how just like PJ knows how to help and protect the rim after playing so much small ball five that when Caleb comes to help, the, the it's not as forceful as PJ. And I, I think that shows. But Miami does, you know, as we just said, they prevent shots at the rim. Uh, they, they do a really good job of that. As, as we said, the third fewest, you know, and the, the teams next to them are Milwaukee, Boston, and Golden State. Those are the teams around them. And then Cleveland right under Boston. So that's good company to be with, you know, really good, solid teams that are very well coached and that, you know, that are going to, that are going to be good. So their, their shot profile, Frankie, I think is good. I think the zone for as annoying as it is for us, I think it's working in the way that Spo needs it to, because they didn't run zone last year. And this is a shot profile they gave up. And I think if you're the coach and if you know that we're a little smaller, we need to fix a rebounding and we're playing a lot of guys who frankly, are, are not able to switch and are not going to do what we need to do, I, I think this is not the worst result. Yeah, like I said, it's a, it's a patchwork job. Like, you know, ideally, uh, I don't think even Spo would ideally play this much zone uh, this season um, if you asked him to in, the, in, in, in training camp. But he's done what needs to be done for this season to survive, and they've – They've gone away from things that aren't working. They've made a, a lot of tweaks and adjustments. A uh, lot less early switching in the in the shot clock. They they'll go to a drop with like until uh, like 14 seconds on the clock, and then it switch. And and you know it's when you're up against the clock and you have Bam uh, guarding you and you're Trey Young. It's it's not as easy to get a lot a look that that you want. Um, I I love the you know and Siobhan's t- uh, talked about this a lot. The two three has been a lot softer than the three two, and I, I love the implement uh, implementation of the one three one because you get you get an odd front. You're you're stronger on the perimeter. There's been times where they run dead men in, on the bottom, which is confusing. I think that's just some communication issues with knowing what zone they're in. But um, and, and we saw a lot of communication issues early on in the season with simple things like screens, navigation, uh, slips, ghost screens. They, they really just kept um, lack of communication, miscommunication, whatever it was there. They were having issues and, and consistently having breakdowns because of that. And they, they've been a lot sharper on that end. I think just the point of attack has just been sharper in general, too. By the way, shout out to Shades 50. He's in chat right now. So join late fiance in the hospital, baby coming at any time, ran home to let the dog out listening on the way back. Congrats, bro. We love you. Thanks Congrats, for Shades. thanks that you know, go go to the baby though. You know, hurry hurry back. But thank you for uh for listening to us as we're more like Shades Daddy. Shades Daddy. Everybody in chat. Congratulations to my guy. Uh, that he doesn't have a sub. Somebody should gift him a sub 
because Shades 50 is an OG here, and he's about to have a baby, and there are a lot of diaper expenses coming up, so somebody <laughs> should gift him a sub. Um, yes. Yeah, Frankie, you're absolutely right. I think the, the stuff on ball has been a lot better. I think the zone is kind of sharpened up there. I always think of that Portland game. I thought they were very aggressive on the ball handlers. And I think that's in general kind of their objective is really. And I thought they were good against Mitchell in the Cleveland game for as bad as that was. I think some of the positives early on, you could say they were very aggressive on the ball handler. They kind of made it tough. And I I generally like that from them. And I think without Jimmy kind of complicates things because that's really he's your main kind of help guy, especially when Bam is usually at the top. You know, Jimmy's the, Jimmy's the help guy that's going to be felt. Shout out to Lip Hooper for gifting uh, our boy Shades for the Tier One. Uh, love that. And I, I like I said, they've made wine out of water. The situation hasn't been great, and I think for as much as we've talked about, this is a down year for Spo. And I think we can, you know, another day we'll have some conversations on offense. I think he was ultimately right in the zone. I think they did work out kinks. And I imagine it's going to look a little bit better with Jimmy. And I think the second half against the Suns, Frankie, is kind of indications on what the high end of that defense looks like. Because the Heat, for all intents and purposes, do force a fuck ton of turnovers. That is something new to this team that they didn't before. They are they they really get out in transition and, and really just take like get you out of the game. Caleb and Jimmy have been really, really good about that. And that that is going to help their offense in the long run, but that kind of combined with kind of the new wrinkles is the next evolution, I guess, for this group. Yeah. And, and the great thing about them being so, uh, uh, turnover forcing, um, is that they have the athletes now they have a better athlete in Caleb at, at the, at the four, but, and when he's at the three, he's, he holds his own with the other threes in the league. It's not like, uh, playing a different position, He's uh, taking advantage of it, but you know, Bam's getting out and running, pushing. We talked about this on the pregaming show, but when Bam, Bam's, I feel like Bam's been more assertive in bringing the ball up. Yeah, it's not just bringing the ball up, giving it, giving it up, and running the offense. He's bring, he's dribbling it up to the to the free throw line and making that uh, big drop, and that's opening up a lot for him. You know, on the the handoffs and the curls and the early offense. Um, but you know, you got Jimmy when he comes back, you, he's he can obviously take advantage of transition. Caleb does a great job. You have two great outlet passers in in Kyle in and Tyler that you can take advantage of those uh transition runs. So you you're turning defense into offense when you're not a great half court team. We've we've seen it since the big three era. Uh that's been a Miami Heat staple. Uh, obviously they haven't had the athletes in the last few years to do it the same kind of way, but um you see Spo finds a way year in and year out how to be a, a top 10 defense whether he's got to play zone a lot more than he wants to whether he's got to uh, play man-to-man trap drop switch whatever the, the the roster entails and allows him to do suppose going to do his job defensively it was kind of weird early in the season because they're they are like they're a, they're a they're a defense first team so yeah. for them not to like have been felt that way it's kind of weird. And they I think they've, you know, I think rightfully with getting Bam back in the lineup helps a ton. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that that's going to change. Getting Jimmy back, as we said earlier, is going to kind of give them more bite. Um, Miami's six in opponent turnovers, and that number has dropped considerably since Jimmy's been out of the lineup. So I would monitor that. 
as uh, as they get their guys back because Jimmy is so key in kind of playing the passing lanes and being really aggressive and kind of that kind of stifling. So look out for that, but they're still top 10 even, even in this absent. Miami, low on deflections, Frankie. They're like bottom four, not as active. I know charges are way down for them as well. That's the kind of stuff I think they can improve on. Their backline rotations I don't think have been as sharp as we're used to. Um, mm-hmm. And that might just be like minute loads are, are really rising and guys are tired. But hopefully as they get their players back, they can kind of give a guys a couple breathers here and there and uh, and kind of patchwork this back to where we know it has to be. This is a this is not a this is a marathon, not a sprint. And for mm-hmm. them to be ready to absorb a new player, hopefully by the trade deadline to really kind of take them past where they want to be. I think that the the lack of charges is also a product of uh, lack of man to man. You're in less rotation in man uh, in zone because you know you're you're just covering a, a spot as opposed to in the man to man where you where like you, you like to talk about the, their scramble ability and that was one of the things they they love to do. You know Kyle, uh, Max, Duncan were like the le- leaders of that uh, help and I think PJ was was among there in the in the charges taken as well. But, um, you know, when you're in zone, you have the dead men or bam in the back line and you don't have to take it and uh, take charges as much in the, in the restricted area. And then you have the, your wings. Uh, you have Kyle, Jimmy, Caleb, uh, Drew. Drew's been phenomenal. Defense. Hey, Hamish, they've been phenomenal defensively. And they've been picking, uh, you know, getting deflections, getting uh, passes, knocking the, the ball off knees and stuff like that. They, they've been really good in that end. But I, I think once everyone's healthy, like you, you talked about the Suns game where they, they probably played, I think that they played less zone in that one, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, and they play more to man. That, that once they get Jimmy available and they can go back to that man to man and see how they really can get this defense uh, to be more consistently able to play man to man, I think you'll see those those charges spike up again. And we've seen Cooper Moorhead kind of tweet like some nights their their man to man is giving up like one point two points per possession, and the zone is giving up eighty eight point eighty eight points per possession. I believe that was the hot game. Um, so the zone is working better than the man. Yeah, you know I think they have a lot of natural soft spots in their lineups, and you know they have to really really right now focus on getting the offense back to where it needs to be because the offense has just not been there. They're 25th in adjusted offensive rating. Uh, it's just brutal. So that number needs to go up. They need to find a way to kind of juice. But I, I agree with the thinking of the team because they're both their offense and their defense was either mid or bad. And mm-hmm. I thought getting the defense back up to where it needs to be was priority number one. And now that we're kind of getting back to where it needs to be, now we can start kind of focusing on, okay, how do we get more scoring opportunities, stuff like that. But as we talked about last show, Bam in the half court has looked fantastic. And, and we're not going to focus too much on offense today. Today is more of a, of a defensive focus. And I see a couple questions in chat. Uh, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do a mailbag segment. Uh, we're going to bring that back. So we're going we're gonna to kind of circle back to some of y'all's questions uh, in the mailbag segment. But yeah. Frankie, and I, I've got Cooper's uh, for last night. In man to man, they were 1.11 points per possession in 26 possessions. Uh, in man, and then in zone, it was 0. 0.807 points per possession. I was close. 57. Yeah, you almost yeah, nailed it. I was close. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, the the thing is, you know, you don't get a lot of reps like that in the NBA. 
Uh, like Coop also added that in the last six games, the Heat have used over 330 possessions of zone. That's more than 21 teams used all of last year. Yeah. And that's just in a six-game stretch. Spoh's fucking crazy. Yeah, like, Spoh's, but that's... Spoh's crazy, dude. The, the creativity. Like, this guy is fucking MacGyver on defense. I and... feel bad that we slandered him. There was a point that Alf and I were like, you know, maybe this is a, maybe Spoh's having a down year. I take it back. I'm sorry, Eric. Uh, I mean, it was just, you know, you didn't you, you saw returning players make mistakes they weren't making last year. It, it was a, a big part. That was a big part of it. But once everybody got, got kind of on their shit and woke up, it was it, it picked up. It was like only like a five game stretch. But problem is, once they fixed the defense, they were still losing games. Yeah. So it didn't fucking matter. Well, and, and now that, you know, obviously, listen, they've taken a step back. I think yeah. the role guys, Max, and I, I Max, Gabe, Duncan. Uh, Deadman has looked really good the last like week and a half, but you know the other guys have like, and I don't think I mean Deadman's rebounding is way down too. So and Deadman's not giving you the juice offensive rebounding wise that he gave you last year early. So everybody's just not been as good. Kyle not as as he's kind of weird. I think his defense has slipped a little bit, but I think the he on offense I think he looks better than he did last year. This time, I mean the shooting has been good and the 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 downhill zip has been nice. Uh, I mean, Kyle's shooting, you know, pretty decent, you know, considering I, I always remind everybody he was in the 20s until like the fucking trade deadline. And then he went on a tear. He's at 36 percent. It's not horrible. It's not great, but it's better. So he shot 38 for last I year. I think he, I think this season, Kyle's, uh, you know, t- just to touch on the offense. But um, Kyle's been more involved offensively, like when guys are you available. feel him. Yeah, he he was very much pass the ball, get the ball moving and connecting to get all the young guys uh, involved and, and the role players involved, especially when Bam and Jimmy missed time. But, th- you know, with them not – with all the role players not playing as well, he's had to take more of a focus uh, of creating his own shot, create, getting more assists than secondary assists. And uh, But you saw last game. You saw he, when Tyler available, um, Kyle was giving him the ball, letting him run the offense, and, and Tyler had a great uh, – distribution game uh and and but kyle contributed as well you know he didn't shoot the ball well but he had nine assists two turnovers two steals one block like he 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 was felt he was felt and i think that's and by the way i mean miami right now they're sitting at 10th in the east they're two games back of fourth uh indiana currently holding fourth i think that they know it's early (laughs) they avoided could i think if they had continued this slide any longer we could have been dealing with like real catastrophe they're at 10 and 11 you know because you you know you got the stretch of like washington and atlanta i thought that atlanta win was really big considering they're going to play boston twice i think likely a split um but we'll you see. need a split you need I, th- a split. I think you need the split I, I now at this point it's, it's kind of mitigating you know what has what has happened right because mm-hmm. you know you you dug you you got injured and even when you weren't injured you were not playing well so you dug yourself a hole. You have Boston, Boston. Then you have Memphis, I believe, in Memphis. Yeah. So you have Memphis on the road. So those three games are going to be difficult. You get the Pistons, the Clippers. Uh, you know, Clippers going to be a hard, a hard, and that's that. I believe that's at home. Yeah, that's at home. But still, you know, good team. You know, no, no, what quiet status going to be. But you got you, you got to you got to split those Boston games, and you want to take that Memphis game. They took Memphis on the road last year without Jimmy. 
um, which I think, Frankie, we even talked about it. We're like, that's a that's a game that we expect them to lose considering zippy athletic guys are really their kryptonite. But they got to put they got to put together a, a good chunky win streak now with some yeah. with some good wins on their plate on the road because they've been what are they one and seven or something like in their last yeah, eight something on the road. awful something in something insane i think the only road games that they've won are like at portland and at atlanta am i correct i believe so i believe yeah. they have two yeah, road wins it. yeah last night was their second road win they're yeah. two and seven on the road in 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 insane right so they, they got to really start stacking up some wins which i think that the schedule you know while difficult i think they can like i think they can make something work yeah you um uh, you know boston's one of the hottest teams in and you could say they're definitely the hottest team in you know boston right sneaky I, I mean their defense has been like kind of eh. it's been their offense yeah, they, yeah they're they 18th have like in defense. good offense right now they're 18th in adjusted defensive rating and they're first in adjusted. They have a 121 adjusted offensive rating, so yikes. Yeah. Um, they're like the bizarro Milwaukee Bucks who have like a great defense and like a really like oh my god offense. Yeah, that, but like like you mentioned, this is the stretch. Um, especially right after that, you have San after the Clippers game, you got San Antonio, Indiana, Oklahoma City, Houston, San Antonio, Chicago, Indiana. Like that's a stretch you need to fucking take advantage of. This is where you can climb up the standings. Uh, you know, like if if you struggle, if you play 500 ball in that stretch, uh, and you or you lose more than one game in that stretch, you that that could be your season right there. Yeah, I mean, you. I think you want to get to the new year kind of around the top. You know, I think you want to. I think a goal for this team in the short term should be get up to somewhere six through four. I think that's yeah. where you. I think that's your target getting into the new year. And I think if you, I, I think ideally you just want to get out of the plan. You know, I, I think five is. I think five is a nice realistic goal. But anyway, four, four to six, uh, correct the ship so that you can go into the trade season. You know, turn of January when you you can. I'll be like, okay, well, this is what we have, right? We we've yeah. we have this on defense. We like playing this way. How can we either fix a hole or augment the what we like, right? Yeah. So we'll see. And, and I, I think that, that, you know, I know fans love talking trades and speculating, um, but I, I, I think we can all agree that there some t- trades are going to be likely. Um, I don't think they're bringing everyone back. You have a lot of guys uh, with uh, expiring deals, contract years that you're going to have to make some moves regardless. And, you know, for this year and for the future, and then we'll see the buyout market as well. What hey, it listen. looks like. Frankie, they have to make a decision on Gabe and they have to make Gabe, a Max, Max is the one. Yeah. I mean, I think the big one here is what are they going to do with Max? Mm-hmm. Um, not a ton of teams have cap space next year. It's kind of weird, at least not a lot of good ones. So, you know, he's looking at an, if a team wants to overpay or a team, give him the MLE, um, you know, Miami could feasibly give him the MLE. And then, you know, at that point you're just signing and trading and Miami has to play ball there. So, that's yeah. going to be interesting. And if they feel like they can keep him, I, I think, you know, I mean, listen, Duncan, Bertans, um, Gary Trent, all these guys have similar kind of deals. I was talking to Tiff and Bond last night. Um, Frankie, were you, I don't know if you were on with us when, when we were. Discussing. No, it was after the show. Yeah, it was after the show. We were kind of talking about like, what is a, I mean, at the end of the day, Max is like a fourth, a fourth and fifth starter, right? Uh, chat's yeah. asking MLE mid-level exception. 
um, the the mid level exception, which is a percentage of the cap that you get. And Miami, who's going to be an over the cap team, gets a a taxpayer's mid level exception, which it's around like I don't know, like twelve to fifteen million, like three years. Uh, Would they be able to use the biannual as well? So the biannual hard caps you. So if you oh, use okay. the full M, which I mean, no, but the biannual is too small for Max. And if they use the MLE. They oh, can, I just meant like for someone else. Yeah, they could, but it caps you. It hard caps you. But if they're going to use the full MLE on Max, then we'll see. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of like what they're looking at, you know, kind of going forward and, and all that. So we'll, we'll kind of take a temperature check on them. Um, So, listen, we're bringing back. Listen, we're, we're, we're bringing back a classic. It's 10 years of Miami Heapy. If you're an OG, you know, you might you might be familiar with some of our works. Now, you know, we've tried mailbags in the past and, you know, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. But we're, we're going to go back to uh, we're going to go back to our roots here, Frankie. Welcome to a new segment we like to call the Heat Beat Mailbag. You've sent us your questions and hot takes using the hashtag MHB Mailbag. Now it's our turn to give you our answers and tell you how wrong your opinions are. I'm so excited. I've never done one of these. So we are not, we don't have our own questions. We're going to take Cooper Moorhead's questions. Cooper Moorhead <laughs> on Twitter is uh, fielding questions for a mailbag. And I thought, you know what? We're just going to take his. So at Fezbutter asks, is Haywood Highsmith the Max Struess or the Duncan Robinson of Rodney Magruder's? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Frankie. Um, I was not a Rodney fan. Whoa, not I, even preseason Rodney? Never. I, I, I thought Rodney was a fraud, and I was right. Uh, I'm going to say Duncan Robinson to Rodney Magruder's. Ooh. See, I would go... He's a better defender than Rodney, but he's a zero on offense. Rodney, no, I, I, Rodney think, has... I, I kind of agree with you. I think that Haywood Highsmith is more of a Duncan Robinson of Rodney Magruder's. 
I agree. I that I think that's uh, I think that's okay. Also, chat saying Caleb already has our MLE already. Yeah, but Miami is gonna be able to sign him over like the tax over like the cap because they'll taxpayer have, they'll have, right? I think I believe they have his bird rights. They don't have him on that weird like Hassan deal where they didn't have bird rights, so they they don't have to do that. As far as I'm concerned, I just use the MLE as kind of like a um, right. They they have like partial bird rights. It's yeah. not like full bird rights, but they they learned from Hassan to give them the third year. Well, sign them at the end of the season and, si and yeah, sign them for yeah. two just, years. Just to clarify that. Okay, so uh, somebody else asked Cooper. Um, our own Kelly O'Burner says, Coop, I'm wondering what you make of the zone. In past seasons, we've seen Spo called, called defenses like pitchers. He'll have a base coverage uh, as his four seam and then sprinkle in off-speed pitches. Is the zone his new four seam? Is this an emergency tactic? Would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, I don't know what a four seam is. I don't play baseball. It's a fastball. It's like your main fastball, your main okay. pitch. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's so it's like your main coverage. Goddamn baseball analogies. You know, I, don't, I didn't. You know, I didn't know who Sandy was until yesterday. How dare you? Yeah, I, I, I like literally don't follow baseball. So I was, I was trying to slander Messi, and I said he would be the third best athlete, the fourth best athlete here behind Bam, Tua, and Jimmy. Someone's like, excuse me, Sandy, and I go, who the fuck is that? unanimous Cy Young winner yeah that's on the Marlins I when I googled I found out that's on the Marlins for not like making that known they should have uh I feel like you have them blocked I don't have a block they should <laughs> I, they should be in my face they should be promoting tweets as we have a we have a fucking Cy Young winner who's unanimous I don't know how common that is to win a unit but that seems like important. it's not common it's happened like four times okay oh so it's not common so it's like that's a no. feat that's a huge feat yes yeah, yeah yeah I'm like and he seems like a cool dude his name's Sandy He's awesome. Yeah. So you know, is he the he's, Is he Dominican? Yes. I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'm going to the World Baseball Classic this year. I'm, oh, year. I'm, enjoy. I'm excited. You need to go. You need to go to um to the the Clevelander. And I know it's not there anymore, but it's so much fun. We went. Uh, we went for a game, and there were still Dominican. It wasn't a Dominican game, but there were still Dominicans there oh, traveling. Dated. Oh my God, me tires. We were having so much fun, bro. Uh, I went to DR. Some dude from New York bought me like three or four shots. Love it. Just because they're like, do it in Americano. Yankee hat. Yankee hat. Yeah, no. Oh. <laughs> they had the, the DR. Oh, the DR hat. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse the me. DR yeah. hat. You got to yeah, do you know, it. Yeah, for sure. I went to a DR US game. That was, I did not know baseball could get lit like that. Oh, WBC is fun, bro. bro. Everybody, you, you know, the little instruments, that, that metal tin with like the little, <laughs> everybody the was like. No, yeah. no, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And everybody was fucking dancing merengue, do it fucking playing oh instruments. I was like. Rapano power, bro. Bro, that was, T-Mongo was fucking was the most lit <laughs> shit I've ever seen in my life. Um, That shit was so fun. I love the WBC. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm excited. But uh, yeah, so. uh so so yeah, Kelly asked about about the the the, the four CM. I kind of think that Frankie, they're just sitting on their laurels until they get kind of their starting lineup sorted out with whatever move that they make in the future, and then they'll have it as kind of an off speed, you know, kind of counter. I don't know where you stand on that. Well, to keep it a baseball. <laughs> somebody asked. Like... Somebody asked, "What was the question again?" It was about the Heat <laughs> zone. We got sidetracked. The Heat zone defense. If it's going to be their main coverage or more of a counter going forward deep into the season. Well, to keep it a baseball, it's like um, your fastball is not working. Your your arm's a little sore. You got to throw the changeup a little bit. Changeup is is uh, working, uh, getting hitters out. You got to keep going to it until your your fastball is what it used to be. Um, so once they have Jimmy, Jimmy's kind of their fastball. Jimmy's one of the keys to their, 
uh, man-to-man defense. You have your your Jimmy's your nail help, Bam's your switch and, and drop big, Caleb's your point of attack. And you have two of those pieces. You can't really rely on uh, the man-to-man with without the nail help. Uh, you know, Hamish has done a great job there. Uh, Kyle's done a pretty solid job there considering the size. Uh, but, you know, the instincts are there. But once Jimmy comes back, I think we'll see the man-to-man. And, and hopefully we see him Wednesday. I think that's been the target date yeah. uh, for a while now. Yeah. Uh, so I – Totally agree. Uh, Daniel ESQ asks, is Adebayo's recent offensive performance as a turning point, or is it just temporary until, say, Jimmy returns? Do you agree that Adebayo taking the leap, end quote, is absolutely necessary for the Heat to really succeed this year? I'll start with this. I do think that he needs to take some sort of improvement, whether that's a leap, a hop, a step. They need somebody on this roster to be better than they were last year because everybody's been worse. And you're just you you need somebody's gotta be better and it has to be the one i'm sorry people in the chat are asking who's hamish uh it's that's haywood highsmith that's uh tiffany meeks uh nickname for him hamish yeah he got it back we we were we actually canceled calling him hamish but he's earned it back he's kid plays hard um he's played great defensively yeah he's he's listen he plays hard you cannot that motherfucker tries lord help he's trying his best bro yeah 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 he my, my man's trying so yeah, Frankie, uh, he got a. If if not him, then who? <laughs> uh, it's it's the improvement, like you said. Like everybody is has kind of taken a down year, especially the shooters. The shooting numbers. I'm when we talk about offense, uh, I'm really really concerned about everyone's shooting taking a dip. Um, yeah. you know, uh, but as long as they can pr- defend well enough and and bam. Uh, the thing with Bam, his scoring, it, it's not just, you know, hitting shots. It, it, you're, you're feeling the impact. It's, it's more forceful now. It's uh, de- decisiveness. It's uh, the spots he's attacking. It's forcing help. He's getting catching the ball. Uh, the how many seasons have we been begging for Bam to force a double team in the post? And this is really the first year we're seeing it. I wonder what his he, numbers are like as a post-up man. I'm gonna check that. His right isolation now. numbers. His isolation numbers have always been sneaky, really, really good, uh, like elite, like 90th percentile in the league every year, pretty much. Uh, but the post-ups were definitely a weakness. He's taken advantage of mismatches. He's more forceful. His turnovers have died down too. Uh, he had that issue early on, but that's part of the growing pains when you're casting a role that you're not used to. There's gonna be lumps. Um, and you know, you've seen it with Tyler, you've seen it with, with Bam. Uh, I've said coming into the season, if without any moves, this regular season needs to be about Tyler and Bam getting comfortable, getting comfortable and by being uncomfortable, put them in different spots. You need them ready for the regular, for the postseason. Uh, you see a lot of teams throwing doubles at Tyler and uh, traps throwing different coverages at him and he needs to beat those he needs to beat those for the heat to be successful so bam in isolation he's at 1.04 points per possession which you know 60 66 63rd percentile not great not horrible you know what i mean so that's that's good um i'm looking for his post-up ones now but you know i i think i think you you know if his post-up ones are okay he's one uh one point what is this am i looking at the right no that's frequency excuse me he is you have it at uh, point sixty seven. he's point ninety three 
points per possession as a as a post up big, which is oh, not okay. which is not good. You know, uh, he's forty four percentile. So you know, gotta, I feel like he was so bad last season. Um, I let's let's check last season. I believe it was it was something similar. Really? Yeah. Let's see. Um, last year he was uh point ninety eight points per possession. He was actually better last year. Um, wow, I yeah. test is not matching that. That's... I test not matching. Well, maybe it's just like the last couple games, and uh, yeah. he's not doing it as much. And really, they're not switching because he's slipping on rolls. And I think sometimes when they do switch, it's late clock, and he, you know, he did something yesterday where he cut to the middle of the floor in mid transition and emergency defense. So he got a small on him, got in, took one dribble, you know, jump hook. That's the kind of stuff we want him to do i think when they just get like a switch and then they set up shop that's not his game and i think we got to stop wanting him to do that um there's other ways to counter switching and i think the way that they've done it is him slipping and kind of getting into space and making plays and finishing through contact and doing finesse things that's more kind of what we think he should be doing no, but we also called for the guards to throw the lob more, get him involved in the pick and roll. How many times last season were was it uh, a two on one, and the the guard is shooting yep. a floater over the big instead of throwing? You know, you force the help, give it up, and and give Bam the easy two points. So don't, don't make it a fifty fifty floater. Uh, and they did a great job yesterday. Kyle and um, and Tyler. Kyle and Tyler, they did a fantastic job getting him in good spots. The you know Brady Hawk mentioned them spamming the the pin down curl uh, uh, from the, in the corner to to get Bam rolling to the rim with no help, and they did a good job. Sometimes they, they, they you know I I'm concerned about better teams defensively. I know you said Atlanta is a top ten defense, but I, I I think that's probably product of the, their schedule as well. Like. You know, the, the once the scouting department is out on them, um, the scouting report, excuse me, uh, once the scouting report's out on them, I think they'll they'll slip a little bit. Maybe still be top ten because Dejounte is amazing um, defensively. But uh, once the weak side starts packing the paint, you know, uh, we saw one possession there where they they ran the pin down and Caleb set a flare screen for Max to uh, to get uh, to get open in the corner. To, he took away the nail help. You know, they they still got the dunk. Um, but that's a great option for Boston. Like Boston is going to sit on that and dare you to, to, to beat them and, and, you know, not contain that, that action. They did a great job smothering a lot of their actions. And if, if Miami's not moving on the weak side, that's, they're going to take that away. Uh, I think Bam has done a, a really good job uh, in, in taking the responsibilities of the scoring rule, but you know, the, the heat getting him, taking him out of those DHO responsibilities, playmaking for other uh, guys on the perimeter, being above the three-point line, I think that's what's opened up everything. You go inside out with Bam because your shooters aren't getting anything going. You set, you set screens for Bam to get him in, in good position. You run your post splits. You get him the ball where he's comfortable sco- making a decision as a playmaker instead of just a scorer or just a passer. Uh, and and you see good results, and you've seen that. I, I'm interested in how it looks with Jimmy, because um, you know Bam's kind of defaulted to Jimmy a lot. Uh, but we need to see Jimmy empower him too. Like Jimmy talks a lot about letting Bam, like he thinks Bam's the best player on the team, letting him be the best player. But on the court, we see Jimmy cutting to the basket when Bam's trying to uh, to to go to the basket as well. So well, I, I want to see him let Bam be great too. 
Interesting seer. Uh, and I, this might be noise from early in the season. Bam, 1.16 points per possession as a roll man, uh, which which is in the 40th percentile. So that's not great. Um, no, I, I'm curious to see how that levels out because he has... He has he has found a gear that he didn't have. I wanted to find like pick and roll handling for the for the guard, but like in terms of assists or points created, because like Lowry obviously is not like super scoring off that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Hero Hero's been really good by the way. Hero's in, in about a point per possession as a ball handler, and he's in the 82nd percentile. So Hero quietly. Having a really nice scoring season as a pick and roll player, and I think at, now that he's integrating the passing as well, uh, that's going to be interesting to see. So, let's take a couple questions from our chat. If you guys have anything to ask us now, but there were a couple that uh, that I saw <laughs> earlier. I know somebody asked one of the early questions was um, about our man Jovic's defense and how he felt about that. Kind of keeping with the theme, Frankie. Um, you know, Le Pooper, who gifted the sub to uh, <laughs> TJ's 50, says, what are your guys' thoughts on Nicolas D? I don't really see a weakness. He's a smart rotator in the zone. Did an excellent job on Porzingis at first meeting. A good rebounder doesn't fail the eye test. What am I missing? All within I the confines of being 19, of course. That's what, okay. Yeah, I think you're you're uh, you're not a fan of it, of Jovic so far. Um, so little, do you want to address that? I'm a little mid. I feel like he... I think for the Heat, and I think it was a problem with their early defense, the Heat aren't fouling a lot, by the way, which is not like a like a Heat thing. Heat, The Heat, both teams foul a lot. And I think part of that's by design. I think part of that is they want to be felt. And mm-hmm. you get felt by being fucking physical. And it's not that they're like fouling on purpose, but it's more of like the team. It's just a result. Yeah, the team, the team is being physical. And yeah. they're not fouling. As much as they, as they have, as they have, I mean, sports teams are always one of the the most foul heavy teams in the league. They're they're last in fouling. They foul the least. That's the probably league. due to the zone, though. Yeah. So they 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 foul the least in the league. And last year, they uh, I believe they were they they were twenty fifth. They fouled the, the 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 fifth most. So they went from not fouling at all. To now, all of a sudden, being the least foully team in the league, that to me is an indicator of you're not being physical enough. And yeah, part of that's the zone, and I think part of that's just like the guys. And I think with yeah. Jovic, it, Jovic, I think you know the pooper, the pooper, you're absolutely correct. I think he's solid in like his defensive rotations and everything. I just don't. I I think he he's not making plays, and I think the Heat in general, other than kind of the passing lanes, they're not making plays. And I think when you are physical and you risk fouling, you are putting yourselves in positions to to be physical, to make plays, because they're not going to call every foul. And like the Warriors, I know this year are fouling a ton, and that's a problem. You know what I mean? Like they, it's different. The Heat need that physical. Yeah, the Warriors are are they foul the most in the league, and that's kind of a, their defense. By the way, stinks this year. Um, the Heat need that that they need that edge to them, that physicality. They have to be felt. So that's kind of where I am with Jovic, mm-hmm. and I, I just don't think he provides that yet. But I think he'll get there. And I think when the shooting, when his on the floor shooting gets up to where I think it could be, then I think he can contribute a lot to this team. But right now, I'm not seeing it. You know how we used to talk about with Tyler's passing uh, that he will see the pass, but it 
just a split second too late and and the windows closed and he can't go to it anymore that's where jovic is at, on defense he's seeing it he knows where he's supposed to be but he'd one little move, uh, move contortion uh takes the wrong angle jumps too early jumps too late that's where the defense has been for me like i i think i see the potential i see the flashes i i see the effort uh, there was one play where uh, we talked about it on pregaming, uh, where he was uh, on the strong side corner. They gave it up to um, Porzingis at the elbow, and he went to help at the nail and got back cut on, crashed hard, and got blocked the shot at the rim. And then um, Tyler lets uh, offensive rebound go, and and they get uh, a, a dump off for a layup inside. So it you know you can see the effort, you see the instincts, you see the hustle. Uh, but you know, part of it, you know, Chad's been talking about his strength. He's wiry. <laughs> the kid is wiry. Give him a few years. I, I still think once guys come back, I would like to see him get some time in Sioux Falls, let him get reps and get more acclimated. But uh, I, I'm uh, comfortable with him and his potential right now. I think the shot's going to fall. Uh, somebody else uh, mentioned his shot not uh, falling. He's been awful uh, on wide open stuff too. So I think eventually that'll balance out and I, and he'll get his confidence going. He, he seems like a, a confident kid. He's a, a smart player for his age. His IQ is, is very high. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch boys, DuraClean interior paint and primer in one offers stay clean technology making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boy's easy opening, smooth pouring container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. I, I get what they see in him. I know the question was more like on defense. Um, and I do think... I Real quick, uh, Bronx Joker says something. His body hasn't yeah. caught up to his mind yet. Instinct's still in rookie mode. I, I really like that uh, point. Um, and and the speed. The speed is a big adjustment. You know, he played professionally for a few years, but there's a big difference between the league he played and, and the current league. Frankie, I, I, like, genuinely think that he, you know, I like his – like, I like his scoring instinct. Mm. I think that he – I like his high-low passing with Bam. And I Love think it. that that gives them a little interesting element, like how Kelly gave them. The difference between Kelly and him was Kelly moved a lot off the ball and moved east west more than north south because Bam is a north south mover, right? And I think the way that Kelly and Bam synergized was Kelly was handoff, screen, go back out to the perimeter and screen for another guy, pop. I think Jovic needs more of that. Jovic seems very, very gung-ho about rolling to the rim, which I think is really good. But I think when you play with Bam, you need him to do the other stuff because, you you know, to quote the great LeBron James, fit in or fit out, um, you know, kind of be a little, little Kevin Love in you, uh, kind of, you know, handoff, kind of flare, screen for a shooter, then pop. And you give your offense a lot of mobility and motion, and you can have, you know, your ball handler and your center going down. You know, you can do a lot of cool stuff, so. I'm uh, I'm intrigued. See, I, see, I'm I very intrigued. Agree with that. <laughs> see, see, I'm very intrigued. Yeah, I, I agree with that. He's I like that he's gone in and been aggressive because that was my one of my biggest concerns uh, offensively was him uh, finishing. 
at the rim. Uh, but he's done a great job, especially against centers and so- and bigs. Like he's held his own. Done a. I, I, it's probably numbers probably aren't that in, insane. Uh, but because he's had some easy finishes that once he gets stronger, he'll understand how to take it and, and it'll, it'll be easier. But he's he's not afraid to go inside. Uh, and I, I like that about him. Frankie, last thing before we're done. Not a heat question. What the fuck is going on with Bobo? He's a goat. This is crazy. Uh, Brian he put was, in our he, chat. I'll never forgive Pat. Uh, he was going to have the greatest draft in heat history and he gave it away. Who, who, that was the year that they drafted Perfect. Bam, right? No, that was the year they drafted Tyler. Oh man, that's right. That was a fun draft. Chris, I think I think that was Tyler and KZ. He could have had Tyler, KZ, and Bulbul, and it would have been all all the limbs next to T Rex arms. We really gave up. What was it? Three second round picks for fucking KZ Akpala. Pat's guy. Listen, we really talked ourselves into KZ. I is there a player that we've is there a worse player that we've talked ourselves into as a fan base? Um. Wayne Simeon. I, I thought he was going to be good. But, like, we all collectively thought that KZ was going to be a solution to problems. And <laughs> he was just never good. He even got Nikias. Nikias is always about, like, giving the young guys a chance, though. He, he's definitely shown flashes defensively. Uh, but it's more the, the profile. Like, he's, a, he's athletic. He's long. Uh, he doesn't look super awkward defensively. He just has no instincts defensively. Like if he's not on the ball, he's not really impacting games. Um, I think it was Danny Martinez that just like he he puts nothing in the box score. It's, <laughs> it's like it's like the um, what's that guy's name? Uh, the Tony Tony Snell meme. That is like twenty eight minutes, zero points, zero rebounds, zero assists. He's zero on the blocks, Kings. Zero by the way, somebody asked. Yeah, he's he's uh, Mike Brown is the the coach of the national team for I think it's Nigeria. Yeah, and and like really loved KZ, so they, they signed them. One point six points per game. No he's turnover. doing more than Wayne Simeon. No turnovers. You know that's a plus. Shooting, <laughs> uh, you know, thirty three percent from three. So you know, good for you, KZ Akbala. <laughs> uh, people are like Dexter Pittman. I don't think we ever tried to convince ourselves that Dexter Pittman was going to be good. I think we were hoping that Dexter Pittman could contribute, but I don't think any of us thought that Dexter Pittman is going to be like a difference maker. Oh, that no, they they said that the the UD thing. They were like he's they're they just Who had a guy that? in that era. Everybody, all Bro, the I was there. Were, no, we weren't. Yes, we were. No, we, we were like they were gonna make, look look at the work ethic. We've made this guy lose 150 pounds. That was Eddie Curry. No, it was Pittman too. Pittman was a I, fat boy. I don't remember us doing that with Pittman. Yes, people are, people we are did. like Shabazz Napier. Shabazz was like was an NBA Shabazz, player for like a decade. Like that was Shabazz like Shabazz was solid. Yeah, I, I, hate, I I didn't even like the pick, but I hated that we gave up on him for in a year. Yeah, dude. Ch- Chesley, I don't remember us doing it with Pittman. I was there, bro. I was on Twitter. I was there. I don't know. People are saying Josh McRoberts. He, he wasn't a draft pick. He was. It's different. Although I did, I did do that with McRoberts. I did like, oh my god, Bosh, Bosh and McBobs. You know, together <laughs> they have a ninety defensive rating, huh? Those lineups were really good, bro. Those lineups, love- are, those lineups killed, dude. I'm still like, if they got to play together, we could have fixed that. That, um, that Rio McBob Bosh, uh, Justice and Josh lineup oh, was the so lefty fun. Lineup, yeah, yeah, yeah. The all lefty that lineup. Shit. That Coach. shit was so fun. When Mario was just allowed to shoot. God, that's Mario. 
it wasn't it wasn't great like he was shooting like 30 percent before he got traded to memphis but he was fucking it was fun it i'll was just never chaos. fucking forgive spo for not playing chalmers on new year's eve uh last year oh my god I, i'm like that to me spo died to me that day because <laughs> we i we came here we did a that was our most downloaded episode of the last five years <laughs> that was more that episode where we got chalmers and we did the whole celebration. That was more downloaded than they've been to the finals. They've played in huge playoff games. Pale in comparison to the Mario Chalmers reunion pod. He never played a minute. Fuck you, Eric Spolstra. <laughs> Somebody's going to clip that out of context. The Rio. We, we had Bam's block. We've had uh, Coach David Thorpe on. We've had uh, so a many lot of- things great episodes since then and we've had players on we've had solomon hill come on and talk about anime and protesting we've had award shows that we've had deadman come on we you know what i mean like we've had like legitimate guests we had we had tyler we had tyler johnson on at the height of my beef with tyler johnson (laughs) we had jay rich on kelly and none of it compared to just people excited because mario chalmers came back you know, when you have uh, a legend like Mario Chalmers, and, and it was so unexpected. I think that's why everyone was just so surprised. Uh, it was really a moment in time. <laughs> Somebody goes, we had Mike on. Like, yeah, Mike Ryan next to Heat Players. Medium <laughs> vocal Mike Ryan. We've had Mike Ryan on like four or five times. Mike Ryan's a friend of the show at this point. We've had like all of the, the Levitar show on, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we've had Ants. We had, or I guess I call him Tony now. Um Tony, yeah. we haven't had Guillermo. Guillermo doesn't really do basketball. You know, that's that's um we almost we were supposed to have him on hangover time. Um what's this guy's name? We uh fuck, I forgot his name. We he got ditched. He was wait Guillermo was waiting for the link and they never sent him the link. Was it um Cody? I'm forgetting this guy's I'm blanking on his name and he's been on stream beat. <laughs> oh, Okay, whatever. Well, regardless, uh, yeah. So that's uh, somebody in chat said. Uh, wait, wait, I there was. I wanted to read a message. I lost it. Oh yeah, I wish we got one year. Lorenzo. God Lorenzo. Yeah, we got one year of Bosch, Dang, Dragic, and Wade. Listen, Luol Dang is a perfect four next to Bam. I've been saying it for years. <sighs> Luol Dang. He gave us the last of his knees. Listen, I was an Uncle Lou lifer. Man, I love that team. I thought that team. I thought that team that lost to the Raptors in Game Seven, if everybody didn't get hurt, I thought that team was going to the finals. I I once I wrote uh, back when I used to write, they played Cleveland and they they basically publicly executed Cleveland here in Miami. It was a fucking bloodbath. They destroyed them, and I wrote that this game is a fucking threat. <laughs> How many times have you fucking said that? <laughs> I like I like saying it. I like it's just it feels good. You know what I mean? It's. A, Listen, a writer always goes back to their wheelhouse. You know what I mean? You just, you just, you have a phrase you like and you just go to it. But it you know, just consistent by you. Hassan went down, and uh, and that's all. You know, that's all she wrote. Justice played. You know, game Toronto, game seven at the I'm five. Su- I'm still surprised um, they, that Spoda didn't trust uh, Amari a little bit. M- Amari was their uh center for a lot of that that amari was on that team he was good legitimately good during that last stretch he was salty now canceled is he yeah he said massively homophobic things 
Oh, breaking news to me. I didn't yeah, I know. Uh, Solana and I were really sad because we were Amari lifers, and it was a, uh, it was it was legitimately heartbreaking. Oh God. Yeah, no, that I, was awful. Yeah, you know, I wanted Amari over Bosch. You did at that time. I did. I went the free agency. I was. I was like, bro. I was like, in my defense, it's like imagine Prime D Wade and Amari pick and roll. Yeah, that would have been nasty, dude. I was like, no defense. Fucking, who cares? Just fucking points and <laughs> vibes, bro. No, Amari was. Uh, Arguably could have been MVP that first year in New York. I wanted Bosch. Uh, <laughs> my worst take of all time was I didn't want LeBron. <laughs> oh, I didn't want I him didn't either. Want... I didn't like him. I was an anti-LeBron guy. I wanted Wayne to have all the credit. Me too. And when LeBron yeah. was here, they were pretty even that season. I think their points per game were like 25 each. And I think they had very comparable seasons. Um, mm. And then obviously Dwayne had Dwayne exploded in the playoffs and in the finals specifically. Um so I was pretty bummed out. I mean, I eventually I got over it, and I, I love Bron. Like I give him shit, but I I do like that guy, and I maybe yeah, I don't no, I don't I wish him the best on the court, but I do I do love him. It's weird. I can't describe my relationship with LeBron. It's very complicated. I loved him for those four years. After that, he can he can go to hell. Uh, I'm not, I'm not quite there, but you know, well, Lou Aldang, by the way, lifer in my opinion, lifer. Uh, White Hot takes says I was convinced Wade was better than Bron that first year. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean, that first year he kind of was. I mean, you know. I mean, literally, I think finals MVP from him. Dwayne gave that was Dwayne's last superstar year. Yeah, that was the last. He was he was really good, but it wasn't the same. Yeah, no, it wasn't. But the playoffs, like we don't talk about Dwayne from Indiana on. Like, Dwayne in that Indiana series legitimately saved that series. I think. If he doesn't do that, the league looks so different. Yeah, I think they bl- they blow up that team. They that man. I don't I don't know how many people were around for that and were on Twitter for that. I'll never forget. What was it? It was game three. Uh, they lost game three. Then they're in Indiana game four, and it looks abysmal that first quarter. And Dwayne can't get a fucking thing going. And I remember. Texting a, one of my good friends, I was like, "Oh, it's it's done. This team's this. Team, they're gonna break. This is over. They're gonna break it up. We lost to the fucking Pacers." LeBron gets Dwayne a dunk at the half. That's him going. Tore them apart and they terrorized them for the next three fucking years. <laughs> oh my god, I I know Roy Hibbert has nightmares about the Dwayne Wade floater, bro. Dwayne, because LeBron couldn't do shit against it. Dwayne's like zigzagging, slithering through. What a time oh to my be. God. That Bosch was down too. Bosch was down. Bosch yeah. went down on Mother's Day. It was the worst Mother's Day ever. <laughs> Fucking sucked, Dwayne, bro. Dwayne teaching LeBron the floater game. And he remember Dwayne had to, had to have that meeting with Tom Creed. Uh, yeah. His former God knows coach. what happened. Dwayne tells that story really ominously that there was a lot of prayer and candle. Like, what the fuck were you doing? Well, they, they were in danger of going down to 3-1. Uh, yeah. And, and game four was the, the yeah. And Dwayne looked bad in the beginning of game four. Yeah. Game three was he, bump gate. Or no, not bump gate. It was when Spo and, and, uh, and Dwayne yelled at each other when, uh, yeah. when I think Dwayne told Spo, I fucking made you and I'll end you. Yeah. BDE. <laughs> Uh, he was tired of the offense as well. You know, and it's funny because, like, we'll talk about, like, this team, and it'll never feel like that. Even though this team has – this collection of talent has played in, like, big, huge games, it'll never feel like that. That felt like 
that shit was just bigger than sports, bro. And we were also a lot younger. Like, I yeah, think, that's, I think we're that's true age. too. We were 19, and this is a, and w- I think we all recognize that this is the biggest sports moment of our life. Like, there's no team in any of our uh, of our fan bases like they're they're gonna have a, a bigger moment than this. Having the best player in the sport, and you know, and arguably the second player. best player. In the yeah, sport. <laughs> and and with a top 20 player as well. Like, you know, that everyone hated us. Like, it felt so good. Bronx Joker says that was hot sex every night. Oh my god! Heat magic, hot sex. Twenty seven, bro. They had a twenty seven. They didn't lose a basketball game for like two months. Uh, they went two fucking months and they didn't lose a fucking basketball game. Every time you watch those people for two, man, if they went five in a row, even last year we throw a fucking party. I still hate Rick Buecher to this day. Fuck Rick Buecher. Is he it. the one that said that Derrick Rose should win MVP yes. because he misses so many layups that he gives his team offensive rebound opportunities? Yes. God damn yes. it. Like, there's something that was ingrained in us back then that'll never leave. I, I still hate – there's so many reporters in, uh, from that era that I still can't fucking stand. Wilbon, Simmons. Wilbon, Broussard. John Barry, wherever he is. Bruce, uh, Beetle, Michelle Beetle. Oh, Michelle Beetle. Oh. The beef with Michelle Beetle. Broussard, I, I hated all of them just because because it, it, it that's when the somebody just goes Ira. <laughs> that's when the coverage changed because back then there before that there was a very like the the code was you can't root for a team like you can't root for or against a team you can't make it obvious that was the journalistic code but as soon as LeBron and Bosch came down here it was fucking different. Do it you remember the Every... the statistic, Frankie? That Eight a game seven against the Pacers, uh, the the second year in the conference finals, eighty eight percent of TVs in South Florida had that game on. No, I don't. Bro, know we don't, we don't, we don't give a shit about anything in this city, and we cared about them. It was a fucking moment in time. Everything like, we'll was a moment. That. Every every game was a moment, and it it was it was magic. It was mad. It was it was literally a dream, and we woke up from it, and then. Hassan was reality. <laughs> <laughs> that Hassan is fucking uh, dancing in the in the locker room, d- doing uh, r- running around. Do you have the video? No, I don't. Do you know how they? Do you know how they struggle to like? They can't find a four. Do you know yeah. how many fucking power forwards would be lining up right now to take the minimum if LeBron, Wade, and Bosch in their prime? You don't understand. Bray Allen came here for nothing. Shane Battier came here. Do you know what this team would fucking do for a Shane Battier? Do you know the crimes that Eric Spolster would commit for a Shane Battier? You know, Deadman's been better lately, but you know how much early season this season could have used Ronnie Turiaf? Dude. Oh, wow. We could have used Ronnie, bro. I mean, that those big three teams were all strapped for fucking backup fives. They would have taken dead. <laughs> they had like eight backup fives, and none of them were good. They were all bad. Big cat, fucking Jamal Bluglor, uh Big Z, Eddie Curry, and then they the uh, who was the the, Birdman. the guy that Birdman Birdman, was, Birdman was great though. But th- when they found Birdman, that was you know when we signed Birdman, my dad here, my dad called me and he goes, "Who's this?" Birdman that they got, and I go. He's just another bad center that they're gonna try to use. He won't. He won't last. <laughs> Worst take ever, bro. <laughs> Didn't he so go good. like a whole playoff series, like a, three rounds without missing a fucking shot? He was shooting like ninety three percent. Crazy. Like that. That's the kind of shit that was happening. Your fucking backup five literally didn't miss a shot for like two months. 
That's what we lived, bro. Now we got to watch. PG dumped on him and brought him back to her. Now we got to watch fucking Haywood Highsmith miss point blank layups. This fucking God. sucks, dude. <laughs> never be another time like that. There'll that was never fun. be another time like that. We love I, you. I still hate Mike Bibby, uh, even though he looks like a fucking uh, Power Rangers villain right now. Shays Fitty says he'll gouse. You know, we're literally doing that thing. Have you ever seen that uh, that tweet? It's like, man, dudes will just say random athletes and have a good time. <laughs> this is literally what the chat is right now. It's like, there's no context. Big Z, Joel Anthony, Dampier. <laughs> Damn. Running in Chancleta's ass. Oh my god. We gave a standing ovation. We gave a standing ovation to Mike Bibby. Maybe that wasn't the best time in Heat Basketball. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> well now Mike Bibby's jacked. Mike Bibby looks like a fucking UFC fighter. Mike Bibby could probably oh. play the four. <laughs> Perfect four next to Vamp. Yeah, we were like random heat players having a great time. That's how we are. Uh loved spending the evening with y'all chat. Uh, once again, congrats to Shades Fitty uh, for the baby. Shout Shades out to Daddy. Carlos Arroyo. Yeah, that's right, Carlos. Carlos used to play at uh, at Olympic Park in Kendall, and he used to, like, knock dudes over and, you know, get big. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the Olympic that's Park funny. in Kendall, yeah. We had uh, Jay Will came to my high school to uh, play, like, a semi-pro uh, game. Um, I didn't even know that we were hosting those at the time, but he, he came in and he, he didn't want to sign any autographs. He's like, fuck you guys. <laughs> Chat's like, you remember Wong ZZ, Michael Dole. Wong okay. Zizi. I'll close on a Michael Doliak story. Uh, so my friend in high school, they were doing a, the heat players were doing a signing, a, an autograph signing at a Publix. It was UD and Michael Doliak. My friend was waiting in line. UD shift ended. He leaves. My friend's next in line. Michael Doliak sits down. My friend's like, man, I don't want a fucking autograph. Michael <laughs> Doliak. And then he left. The fucking disrespect. That's an NBA champion right <laughs> That's there. That's a goddamn NBA. Didn't, didn't they use Michael Doliak to, like, imitate Dirk? No, that was Earl Barron. That was Earl Barron. I was like, there was some dude that Pat's like, you're Dirk. I had such faith in Earl Barron and, and Darrell Wright. I was like, Darrell's going to be the fucking Darrell was good. Darrell was good. I remember I sent um, Joey Hauschauer's the Michael Doliak of the baby. <laughs> 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 hold on. Hold on. I'm going to screenshot that and send it to chat. To our please, group please. chat. Um, I said uh, Sedano was still doing uh, AM radio at the time for the first year. And they lost like the first game, and I sent a text message to the radio station. I'm on my way to, to a 7 a.m. class, and I hear on the radio the they they Sedano brings up this comment, my my text right before the break, so you know he was gonna laugh at it, and he goes, "We should have brought back Darrell Wright, Darrell Wright," and he starts laughing and cuts the commercial, and I'm just like morbid by myself like god damn it i thought that was a good take he shot like 40 percent that year Darrell, we could have used Darrell Darrell was good Darrell was good it was like someone in kenny's mentions like talking shit about quentin richardson bro i would fucking dude i would take 2009 2010 q rich right now who's the most random heat player of the last like 20 years that you would take? oh that i would take <laughs> no, that i would that take guy. that i would take that take for this team right now jermaine o'neal Ooh, okay. 
I like the Q Rich one. Q Rich. No, I would take Q Rich. Like realistically, I'd take Q Rich. Give Q you a Rich. Wing. <laughs> Luol Deng uh, is too good. Luol um, Deng's too good. Yeah. Luol Deng's too good. He needs to be like a bench guy or or like a not like like a not really good Heat team. I'm not gonna lie. Like who would you are? Somebody chat saying Jamario Moon equals Caleb Martin. That's oh, Sean Marion would be really fucking. He's fun. too good, bro. That's he is a, too good. That's but a that former be... All Star. Yeah, no, you can't. You can't do that. Um, God, Posey's too. So chat's like James Posey. Too good. Posey's too good. It has to be like a random dude. Lamar Odom's too good. That's not the game. You guys are naming game. borderline Hall of Famers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ricky Davis. <laughs> I, I take Dwayne Wade. So random. <laughs> um, um, I think. I think Q. Somebody says Jason Capono. Uh, we have Jason. Capone. We have Jason Capono at home. We have Jason Capono at home. <laughs> oh, Michael Beasley. I would take Michael Beasley. I would too. I take Michael Beasley. Bees would be funny. I take Bees. Perfect four next to Bam. Bees would be enjoyable at least. They just haven't had like a lot of. Uh... Oh, I. You know who I take, Frankie? Who? I take Luke Babbitt. <laughs> I would just do the thing where Spo starts him for like six minutes, doesn't play him until the third quarter. <laughs> That's what he did with Jovic, basically, for the last <laughs> When you say that, well, we have Luke Babbitt at home. <laughs> we got foreign. <laughs> we got international Luke Babbitt. <laughs> Somebody's like, uh, what do we got? We got Bruce Bowen. That, these, guys are, these guys are too good. I'm talk- we're talking about like the Yokobo Diawara, like a dude you haven't yeah. thought of. Like, who the fuck has thought of Jermaine O'Neal? In the last <laughs> fucking ten years, <laughs> McBob, McBob would actually probably help this. Oh, team. I would no, McBob, man. I'm just traumatized because like McBob just stopped wanting to shoot. Although McBob kind of athletic, fit right in. Yeah, McBob is the kind of guy that Siobhan would love. Athletic, long, active, passing, a lot of length. Yeah, Derek Anderson. Did did the Heat have Derek Anderson? Yeah, he was on the championship team. You're right, he was. I forgot about that. Leif, Leif would be so disappointed. <laughs> he wore 49. That's how I remember him. Somebody said Ryan Anderson. My lasting memory of Ryan. Rhino. Ryan Anderson, I think of in two ways. One, I was in a locker room waiting for Goran. And uh, and Ryan goes, he's eating cheese, like cheese blocks, like on like toothpicks. And he just looks at me. He's like, did you need me? I go, no, I'm waiting for Goran. He goes, ah, yeah, nobody really wants to talk to me. <laughs> Oh, so I was sad. like, no, Ryan. Did you see him at dinner once with like? That uh, was the second story. So Ryan Anderson missed uh, missed uh, a road trip for quote personal reasons. Christian, Brian Goins, uh, and the girlfriends of them, and I think I think did Alf go? I don't think Alf went. Um, we went to KYU in Winwood and sitting, and then so it's behind me, and Christian goes personal reasons is sitting behind you. And I look back, and it's fucking Ryan Anderson. So, <laughs> good meal. I think Brock Stroker has the the winner. It's B- uh, Bano. Bano Udrich. Oh, my God. The Alf? Yo, you talk to Alf about Bano? That's a fuck. Well, A, that's a lifer. And B, that's like Alf's favorite backup point guard. He was so solid. I love him. He was Gabe Vincent right before now. Gabe Vincent. Bro, he would protect. If you fucking gave him a two-point lead, you were coming back with a two-point lead. If you were down two... You were coming back down too. 
He was like a consistent six and four and two. And he wouldn't turn the ball over. He would make yeah. enough. He would do like that stop, fake, like up through jump shot from the mid-range. Always hit it. And never seen Money. him miss it. Just, Money. Yeah. Just won't you know, take- you know who I would take? A uh, guy we haven't talked about in a while, Udonis Haslam. Oh, I would take I would take like 09 UD. Oh, money. Bro, 09 UD with Bam. Somebody's like Zoran Dragic. <laughs> Yo, the Zoran Michael Beasley game God. in Orlando. No, the the oh, one game. Henry, Henry I take Henry Walker. I would take Henry Walker. No. Okay. I, no, I think Bill Walker. The one game Bill Henry Walker. Walker. The one game we're trying to tank, Henry Walker's like, oh, I can shoot Bill again. Walker. Bill Walker. Bill Walker. I'm taking Billy. <laughs> Billy. I'm taking God. Billy. I'm taking okay. Bill Walker, dude. So bad. No, they- Tyler, Tyler Johnson. That's my final answer. Tyler Johnson. I would love Bumpy on this team. Oh, Tyler would actually. Tyler would actually be. I'd rather have Tyler. Tyler would be amazing. Would you rather have team. Tyler or Gabe? Tyler. Oh! <laughs> See you guys on Wednesday for Hangover Time and pregaming. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.